The 101.7 TNL Rocks era comes with a boatload of memories and stories that I want to explore. Hence, this podcast. This is the TNL Rocks podcast, a branded podcast presented by TNL Radio Network and Paradigm. The one and only TNL Rocks. Welcome to the sixth and final or is it? Episode of the TNL Rocks podcast. For this episode, I have brought in Sam. Hi. <laughs> Sam, thanks so much for coming. Uh, thanks for inviting me. So if, if y'all have listened to the first episode, this is the Sam I was talking about, uh, who hosted Another State of Mind. You're listening to Another State of Mind with Sam on TNL Radio. This is a, it's acutely embarrassing because... <laughs> You and Dino have both said really nice things about me. <laughs> and I have nothing nice to say about that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, all right. So how were you introduced to TNL and then come to joining the station at some point? Okay. I was informally introduced to TNL when I was, it was late at night and I was trying to get to sleep and I couldn't because I had just moved here. Okay. And I was trying to get used to the time difference. And for some reason, I decided I wanted to listen to what radio was like in Sri Lanka. And I was scrolling through the frequencies and I could hear like, you know, this was in 2004. So it would have been like 2004 pop music. Mm. Um, So I just kept scrolling. (laughs) (laughs) This is not great. Um, And then I came across uh, our old frequency, 101.7 very clear and i don't i think it was playing something like it was either nickelback or some other kind of rock band that was popular mm, at the time like yeah. an american rock band or it could have even been feeder who are welsh anyway it doesn't matter where they're from um but it was that kind of um suddenly that music just cut through everything else and i thought what is this because everything else just melded into each other it was all like a remix or you know um but then this frequency was so clear and it was so different. But I had no idea what the station was called. Um, I don't know why. I think I just wasn't really paying attention to things like station idents <laughs> the way that I do now. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. And then a couple of years later, or one year later, I think, I was looking for like another job because I started, my background is in advertising. And I, was, I started out as a trainee uh, copywriter mm-hmm. at kind of a it was a smallish agency at the time and I was I don't know I think just a little bit like bored because I wasn't really gelling with what I was being asked to do like write vacancy ads and stuff and then there was this ad in the paper that looked really interesting and that you know the font was really grungy and it was like what can you fill these boots or something like okay. that and there was like this really uh, grubby pair of beaten up Dr. Martin boots at mm. the bottom of the end. It was like this long ad and it had like um, just descriptions of what an RP does basically. So it was a vacancy ad, but it looked so different to a lot like how the sound was so different to mm. what the other station sounded like. This was so different to what the um, other vacancy ads looked like. And I think that's always been TNL's strong point, or at least back then it was like, it had this really unique identity. Mm-hmm which made it really easy to like kind of link with other experiences that you've had or like remember. Um, so yeah, I applied for that 
job to just kind of get out of the boring one that I was in. And yeah, I guess the the rest is history. I hate saying that. But. So then that's, you came in and you started on just regular shows? Because again, everyone mostly knows when it comes to you on radio for another state of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when and how did that start later on? Was it like straight off the bat, you just joining and like, all right, boss, I want to do this? Or like, <laughs> what was that like? I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I honestly, like when I was, this was around, well, I, I think I was like 20 or something. And I honestly had no idea what I wanted to do like in life. Um, and I just came in for a sound test mm-hmm. uh, or a voice test, I think. And I remember it was the head of news at the time who took my voice cut. And it was really quick. Like I go into the studio, just pretend I'm presenting something and then walk out and they call me back again. And then I was, I didn't realize why I was being called back because I was an idiot. And I turned up in like ripped jeans and a t-shirt that said, it's always the quiet ones. And I was going to meet boss and I had no idea, (laughs) which is probably not the thing that you wear when you meet the CEO of companies. Mm, He was like, I was quite impressed by your uh, voice cut, you know, like, so we were thinking night show for you, blah, blah, blah. And I was just, I was like, oh, okay. Because (laughs) all of this was really new. I didn't, it's not like I grew up listening to TNL or anything like that. Mm. I really was unfamiliar and I'm very much into music. So I yeah. just listen to my own music almost all the time. Mm. It's just like that one time that I just found. Happened the to be listening. Yeah. Um, so if someone were to say to me, you've heard our night show, right? I would probably be like, no, no, I haven't. Um, but honestly, like when I started doing it, it was like, it fit like a glove. It was such a perfect fit. Um, and Damien was our program manager at the time, and he was so good at crafting a playlist that fit the RP's mm. preferences, or at least definitely for nighttime, because I think he liked that kind of music as mm. well. He definitely knows, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. Um, and his show used to be right before mine. Mm. Um, so he, and I remember like when he met me the first time it was, well, first of all, during the day. So, um, you know, not right before a show. Uh, and he asked me, you know, what kind of bands do you listen to? So I told him what my tastes were like. And obviously TNL had like a specific format and they had the, you know, the Nickelbacks and stuff that they had to play as well, which, you know, lots of people like. I don't, they're not really my cup of tea, Mm. but if it's on my playlist, you know, I I should play it Um, because that's what the overall station sounds like. but then he found, you know, songs from bands that I was really into as well that fit that same mold. So, like, there was a bit more Radiohead in there. There was a bit more Weezer in there, which was great. And more than Island in the Sun, mm. which, which I'm really happy about. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was uh, pretty much how ASM started. But I didn't, that show was not created because I joined. Like, it already had its own personality from the previous RP. Okay. I think her name was Kay. Okay. She was not, I think she just didn't want to kind of continue doing that show. So I just took over. And I think she used to do like really, um, you know, insightful things like recite poetry and things on the air. Okay. I didn't do that. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. <laughs> no. Anil no. <laughs> told me about it and I was like, sorry, Damien told me about yeah. it. And I was like, I, uh, no, I'm, I don't think I feel so comfortable doing that. Um, so I just stuck to the music and, you know, uh, talking about the bands because I was anyway interested in what they were doing and stuff. But yeah, pre- Night Show is pretty chill. 
faster than Liam Gallagher can call you a Another state of mind will be back to music. Mm. And so this was like every night or just the Sundays? Only Sunday. Okay. Although I had my training on an afternoon show okay. uh, with Sean. I don't know if you... Okay, like Pompeius or... No, it's it another like... Sean. Okay. Henricus. Sean Henricus. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. I've never met him, but I know the name. Okay. So when it came to... Again, I want to stick with ASM for just a bit because, again, that's... For me, that was my first introduction to the station. And then for a lot of people, again... Really? Yeah. So that was... So I when I first listened to TNL, I mean, like I told it in the story in the first episode, it's that I could only get it when we borrowed a car from someone and drove up to like Balangoda. Yes. And so yes. then I'd only get to listen in the night because uh, that's when everyone's just done with the day. The car is just sitting there parked. So then I could listen. Uh, and uh, and so then, yes, at night I would tune into ASM. Oh, and, okay, okay. Uh, because I think this, this would have been 2000, late 2000 and late 2000s, early 2010s, I oh, okay, feel like. Okay. Around that time. I think that was my peak, to be honest. Um, so... Probably because that's when I was. It's really probably because you into... tuned in like. Everyone, <laughs> um, so I don't think I ever like called or messaged in, but. No, you there... didn't. It was only like really weird people. <laughs> did the food no guy offense, ever, I, I love interacting. Ever, uh, no, I, I didn't get the food guy. Uh, okay, but, but what were the folks who messaged in, or called or whatever? Like, what was that? Because again, for me, it's all WhatsApp messages and all. But oh, okay, yeah. I mean, obviously, this different. was like prehistoric times like, <laughs> before WhatsApp, before like. It was just one monitor. Yeah. That was it. Um, but like the community around, so to speak, the show, the listenership. I don't think there was much of a community, to be honest, that wanted to interact with mm. me. I think they just wanted to listen because I knew there were people listening. I had stats, mm. um, but they didn't want to talk to me. And that was fine. I, <laughs> I'm absolutely fine with that. Um, I'm OK just having that one sided conversation with them. But there were, I think, the most frequent call I would get when I started was, why are you putting on that accent? <laughs> Just talk normally. I'm like, this, this is how I talk. I don't really know how else to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can understand why. And it would be usually like a group of like teenagers. Okay. I remember once it was distinctly, there was a guy and there were lots of girls laughing in the background. So it was obviously a sleepover. Mm. And I was like, no, I, I, I don't know what other accent you want me to use. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and, and I would get, uh, there was another guy, Keith, that used to call me and I think he just used to want to just tell me about his week and stuff, which was fine. I liked hearing updates from Keith. Um, yeah, I never got like any weird, creepy people or That's anybody good. who was trying to tell me what to do. I, I, I know there was someone who used to always call up, I think during the day and yeah, right. advise you guys on like what to play next. And it was... <laughs> There's a playlist. You can't change anything. Every now and again, that'll happen. Yeah. Uh, we still get like Facebook messages. Um, you on like, hey, stop playing this. Stop playing that. Like, we we got the format. We gotta stick with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um. Okay. All right. Oh, so I, I got a great message once when I was mm. doing a, a daytime show because I couldn't do the night show mm. and I had to swap with someone. And unfortunately, it was the morning show that I had to do on like, oh. a, on like oh. a. On the Sunday. So it wasn't too... Mm. I wasn't the morning. I think it was mid-morning. Dude, I can't remember. <laughs> but it was the worst experience on radio I've ever had because I did not like the music, mm. obviously. It was just back-to-back 
you know, upbeat pop music, which mm. is just killing me inside. I also don't like being up that early. <laughs> and so I was also overcompensating because I understand mm. what I sound like, right? It's only suitable for night. Mm. It's not suitable for day. You're like hyping it up. Yes, I was really <laughs> hyper. and I didn't realize how hyper I sounded. Someone messaged me and said, can you like tone it down? <laughs> this is a random person, not even yeah. someone who works here. It's just... It just sounds off the rails right now. You need to calm down. <laughs> I appreciated that text, though. And I did calm down after that. But it was a terrible three hours. Four hours, I think. Might Sunday was four hours. Two, I think. Yeah. Uh, so now, by the time I joined the company, mm -hmm. uh, you were... 2018, right? That was 2018. Yeah. yeah. So that's when we were in the yes. office up there, uh, right outside, more or less. Yeah. Uh, and then you were heading the like our creatives essentially, so mm. on air and online, the design and also our imagery. Uh, so if you can tell us a bit more about that, because I mean, TNL's always been very different. Like you walk in and you see that big ass mural on the wall and yeah. all that going on. Um, so can you tell us a bit more about like what that was like to kind of to one be more or less in charge of the the design side of things, but also like the imagery of it, only like, what working on that was like and. To be honest, like it was fun doing it. I don't know how much fun it is to talk about it, um, <laughs> but it, it, yeah. So TNL had a really distinct on-air sound, as we have established, and it's it's really easy to create more content around a brand that has such a strong identity. Um, and I'm thinking about like TNL rocks, TNL radio kind mm -hmm. of phase. I know that TNL now is a little bit different, and even though I, yes, I did do that poster. Um, <laughs> Faster than Blackadder can think of a cunning plan. I've got a plan so cunning you could put a tail on it and call it a weasel. Another state of mind will be back to music. So, yeah, we used to basically, I don't know if this is like destroying the magic for some people, but we had like, as much as we wrote like our own stuff, we also had a few imagery banks that we subscribed to as well. So we would, it's like you'd hear like whoosh sounds and then like, you know, mashups of like bands. Um, you know, songs and things, uh, or just random uh, American people saying, oh, they're my favorite band. Like mm. those kind of clips yeah. and things are from that those imagery banks. Um, so what we would do is I'd spend like hours like listening to um, content and trying to put things together. So for special occasions like Christmas, Halloween, um, just things like that, or even my worst was when there's like a, it's like big, big match season and they want imagery for that. And I'm like, yeah. there's nothing about cricket on these American <laughs> imagery bags. Um, but apart from that, that it, uh, yeah, like it, uh, it was, it's mostly just listening to that stuff and like picking out certain things. But my favorite would be to make stuff from scratch. And that usually happened during Aurulu. And we have like this, I don't know if we still, user voice, but we used to, I used, every month I would send uh, pages of, of scripts for an, a professional voiceover artist in the States to voice. And she would deliver it in three different ways. Um, we always used her sultry take because <laughs> <laughs> for some reason that just fit. Um, and at our time, we would have to like send like phonetic spellings and demos of it was usually Dino I would drag down there and be like just say this word just record it and say it um and we would send it to her and she really tried <laughs> there's a she tried so valiantly once to say that whole 
Arudu greeting. That's about Arudu Kreva, that thing. Correct. Thank you for saying it and <laughs> not making me say it. <laughs> because I also get a bit jumbled up. But when she says it, it is like she goes to places that I didn't even think <laughs> she would, you know. Um, and I really hope that you can intersperse it in this discussion. Let's see if you can find it. I think Lahiru might have it. It's, she just she tried like about 15 times to get it right. <laughs> And in the middle of it, it'll be like, you know, you could hear her getting frustrated as well. Like, oh, I'm trying, you guys. <laughs> but yeah, and it made like a, a fantastic top of the hour, which is something that we would play like every other hour, mm. basically. Um, yeah, and other stuff we do for Arudu was like just basically around Kaum and Kokis and things like that. So that was usually really fun because we get the other RPs involved. Mm. And I remember at one point we had to simulate two aunties fighting over the last caucus in, in Africa or something like that in the supermarket. And it was Lynn yeah. and Sonori from Light. Okay. And they were just like screaming in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think also like as, you know, listeners like to hear that kind of thing mm. as well, like interspersed with what they would, you know, the very Western stuff they normally mm. listen to on the station. Um, because it's, you know, that that's our world, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's both. It's Cookies and Nickelback. Mm. <laughs> Maybe not Nickelback. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. <laughs> They're just stuck in my head now. It's not, it's not Nickelback anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I need to just clarify. I don't like Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Um, staying with the, with the imagery, and then we'll come back to the design sure. side of things. Uh, aside from like what you were doing for Aurudu, are there any kind of segments or, or imagery sets that you put together that kind of stand out as a, as a favorite? Because I remember, the, for instance, there is one they were telling me about, which ran before I joined, of like the adventures of Tokai or something oh like that God. we did for, I think it was Comic-Con? Yeah. It's time for the adventures of Tokman. What will our wily three-wheeled hero encounter this time? It was not so long ago that I, Superfan, decided I needed to go to Comic-Con. I called up my closest friend, Bat Guy, and he threw his cricket box aside without question. But like, whatever. I like think that, that again, was more before. fun for us than anybody <laughs> else who had to listen to it. <laughs> because we, so the adventures of Took Guy, um, it was just like five or, I think it was just five episodes. Um, and it was just a, a band of crazy people who were on some kind of adventure and they kept picking up more crazy people along the way um, into a tuk-tuk and they were on some kind of mission. I can't even remember okay. what it was. Um, but it was so much fun because we had, so all the RPs had different characters. Mm. Um, and of course, Took Guy was our programs manager at the time, Dino, um, which I think was a role that he relished. <laughs> he really got into it. And if you can't find clips, I have them. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and there was uh, Elliot. He he ha had to voice like this really kind of babyish character, which <laughs> I, he did really well. Um, Sham as well. He was uh, that guy. Okay. Um, yeah, Lynn, Chassis. DC was fantastic. <laughs> he was this character called the Hip Hopper, who was a cute fluffy little bunny All right. that could cut you <laughs> if it ever came to that um but yeah it was a, f a joy to write uh, really fun to record really fun to produce i think we spent so many hours on it just like getting it right because we were just it was a it's a project that you you get obsessed over mm. you're not entirely sure how beneficial it is <laughs> but it made the sponsor happy i think <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, it, it just, yeah, it's just nice to listen to and just have that as a permanent thing. Hmm. Um, but so coming back to the, the design side of things, are there any like designs that you've worked on for whatever purpose that kind of, again, stand out as things to you? Because I remember the one of the ones that really stands out to me was, um, there's a, there's a couple. So there's the stuff you did for onstage, like the collage. Mm, uh, the festival one. Exactly. So yeah, that, yeah. and then even the uh, uh, simplicity with like the animal oh, heads yeah. and the another collage yeah, yeah. so those <laughs> do you <laughs> know some people collages. thought they were satanic creatures that i had <laughs> i thought that they were really like these cute you know little bunny girl yeah. playing a punk guitar or banjo yeah um and then there was like a little goat lady yeah. doing like a dance next to it and people were commenting on it saying what is this sat satanic imagery <laughs> like on our site and i was thinking okay this was a misfire uh <laughs> i can see with the goat lady thing maybe I mean, it's a. Yeah. It's just yeah. the. There's no like pentagram in the background. Exactly. Yeah. There's no, nothing like that, right? But mm, I hadn't considered that. Uh, okay. So, kind of moving away. I suppose this will still stay somewhat relevant in the design space and all. But I, what were your experiences and all of that like with on stage? Because whenever again, like I said, the, the that graphic that we were talking about the the collages for the on stage festival. But again, there was just. When on stage happens, everyone's involved in you know a whole bunch of different ways, yeah. and everyone's here in general. Yeah. Uh, so, like, what was that like for you? And what are some of your best and or worst memories from on stage specifically? So you're quite right about everybody getting involved in on stage, and I think that is also something that Dino touched on. And it was, I think, that one of the nicest things about working here is that when it comes to on stage, like everybody is just like in it. Mm. Um, and you're not kind of thinking, well, I'm a manager. I shouldn't have to do this. Like, you will carry cables if mm. the cables need to go from A to B. Um, and it was, a, I think, an incredible team effort each time we did it as well. I had various different roles over the years for onstage. Like, some years I wasn't really that involved because I was only part-time mm. and only doing that night show. Um, so at which point, you know, they would just stick me in the merchandise stall with, like, <laughs> someone from HR who <laughs> will be like, here, buy a t-shirt. You and Vasana just... Yeah, me children. and Vasana, that's how I'm out. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, it, it, it was... When I was a bit more involved, obviously there were other things that we had to do, right? So we had to come and help with the recording of the bands half the time, um, obviously make all the on-air imagery, which is something I hadn't done previous in previous years. Hmm. Um on the actual days, though, it, it's hard to, like, describe the actual role that I had because you're just running around, like, doing whatever needs to be done. And, of course, everyone has obviously touched on the puddle of mud on stage, so I'm going to do that as well. I was there from 10 a.m. It was raining the whole bloody day. I was soaked. My feet and my shoes are, like, I couldn't wear them again after that. They've just fallen apart. And we were really looking forward to what was going to happen that night. So it was pretty devastating. Mm. I remember we were standing on that. So you have like that massive stage in front. Yeah. We were standing on like this elevation where the, the sound was being controlled. So Lahiru and them okay. were there. I was there, a few of the other RPs there. Dino was there, Minu was also there. And you know, Puddle of Mud were about to start and we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then of course, when we realized what was happening, it was terrible. Like it was just, I, I can't even, yeah, it, it's hard to emphasize how hard we worked for that on stage. Mm -hmm. And then that moment, 
I had even gone back to my boyfriend's house to like change clothes and come back and be <laughs> to be dry for this, you know, but yeah, that was really bad. Mm. And obviously, you know, there was a backlash, which, you know, I, I, I understand why that happened. But even some of my own friends that were in within like that music community, um, because many years before that I had been in a band myself. Um, so I kind of know a few people. They thought that, you know, we knew something like this would happen. Mm. And that was a little, you know, a little hurtful to experience, but I get why they thought like that. Yeah, I would. I mean, I could also see why folks would be like, okay, yeah. how could you not know kind of a thing? But Yeah, I think we were just too traumatized in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that, that on stage, it happened on the Saturday, and then I came in on Sunday night to do my show. Mm. And, you know, there was like a legal team here. Yeah. At that wow. time, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm just going to go do my playlist. Because we did a lot. For like even imagery wise, like we were just really, and Wes recorded like a video with his dog or someone's yeah, okay. dog, and we had made a big deal about that. But yeah, wow. But like it's, any 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 like good memory, <laughs> I was like, it's Depression City now. Mm. But <laughs> uh, good memories of on stage. Yeah, yes. like favorite Lots. one, whatever. You want. The best thing about on stage is that everybody I kind of knew from my various the various things I've been involved in, like from where I was studying to where I worked. Um, they were all, they all seemed to anyway end up at TNL and Series because that was like the, mm. like some major event, especially when we had it at the park. Right. Um, and even though you had to walk like half a mile to get to the bathroom, there was a bathroom. <laughs> so that's, you know, people seem to overlook that. And I remember that this was the year that Lynn participated. Okay. She won, right? Mm, I feel like she won. Yeah, she won that the solo category, I think. But I remember that she, so we were sitting in the auditorium um, and it was me and my boyfriend. Uh, we were, I think, yeah, we were not quite at that boyfriend-girlfriend stage. Okay. We were just kind of like, just hanging out a lot, <laughs> all the time. Mm. Um, and yeah, so she was just, she was about to sing and I think she sang, it was that song by Nora Jones. Is it called Sunrise? I'm not sure. I can Google it and see. But it's a beautiful song. And obviously Lynn, like she sang it amazingly. Yeah. Um, and Sunrise, everyone, yeah. Right. <laughs> and everyone was just like sitting down, chilling out, listening to her. Because anyway, when she started singing, it's like so charismatic. So we were also like sitting down and listening, a little drunk. Um, and there were these beach balls that were just like, everyone was just like, okay. you know, bopping around. And it was so, it was really nice. Just yeah. a lovely moment, I think, and on stage. I also have a slightly scandalous moment All on stage. Right, if you want to yeah. I don't even know if it's true, <laughs> but I feel it might be. Because, I don't know, I feel like it might be, but I don't know if I'm going to offend the person if I, so I'm not going to say their name. That's fine. Um, but I did hear a rumor that somebody, uh, well, you know, that, that year that Civilization One played, I think the first time, I heard a rumor that someone from our team had jumped on stage and bitten Chitty. <laughs> <laughs> like just got a hold of him and like just bit him. <laughs> Again, I'm not going to say who this was because I do not know how true it is. And I didn't witness it with my own eyes. But yeah, so this person was, I really like this person. Okay. And they're a lot of fun to be around. That night in particular, they were and you're like, hi, Sam, what's up? Like, you know, I've yeah. never seen this person like that before. So I was like, okay, they're having a good time. 
And yeah, then I heard that there was that that, <laughs> yeah, that incident that happened. And then there was some kind of, I think, a fight also yeah. broke out. I didn't know if it was because of that or like something else happened. If it wasn't because of that, then, then it's like one heck of a crazy idea. <laughs> <night. laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, kind of bringing it back to just life here in general and at the station. Again, some of the best and worst memories, so to speak. But I have a nice memory. All right, yeah. Uh, once we had a, a really successful puppy drive. Okay. Um, I think co- completely initiated by Minu, and mm-hmm. you know I can imagine yeah. that she would have made that entire thing happen. Um, but after like th- that was obviously on a Sunday, so after everything had wrapped up and all these puppies got adopted, there was one that didn't. Oh. One by himself didn't get adopted. So he came back to the studio with the driver. <laughs> I think it was Dianonda. I don't know if you ever met him. Okay. Um, but he had brought him back and the little puppy was like in a, bas- a, in a box just outside the studio. So whenever I had like a break, I would come out and just play with the puppy and go back inside. <laughs> I think he took him home. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've been, we had uh, some kittens recently here. Recently? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Someone had uh, found some kittens somewhere and then I think one of Minu's friends came and picked them up. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But yeah, we haven't had like an office cat. Or you haven't had a KK. You haven't had a KK in a while. <laughs> KK was a legend. Why am I saying was? She's still alive and kicking. Yeah, yeah. I get updates from the lady who adopted mm. her. I remember once having to take KK to the vet because she okay. sneezed mm. and all of this phlegm just came out of her mouth and coated her face. Oh. So we thought, okay, this cat needs a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and it was myself and Nikki J. Okay. Who used to do the mid-morning show, who was obsessed with the cat as well. Uh, but yeah so she's all right now yeah she's doing fine as long as far as i can tell i just remember her like sleeping in our office and smelling terrible or just, <laughs> um but i also like the fact that she used to come up and like just stare through the glass door <laughs> at boss's uh assistant mm. <laughs> not even asking to be let in just staring yeah there. she would just sit there so finally one thing one like other area we wanted to uh cover coming bringing it back to asm uh, was again like a, a, something that a lot of people have mentioned, uh, especially I think folks like Suresh and all when we had him on the podcast was that uh, a lot of what TNL was doing kind of fed into um, a much more like niche segment of counterculture, so to speak. Right. Um, did you like? Did you find that that again? You said like your listeners didn't really weren't the most interactive, but mm-hmm. did you find that there was like oh, some yes. sort of element of that? uh to your show or, or anything like that because again even the music was not what tnl was playing most of the time um so it was kind of like a, a slow realization that people have actually been affected by the show over the years um and i think that's really only something that can happen for something that has been running for so long hmm. um because every now and then i would meet somebody who would recognize my voice like they've never seen me before or like i'd just be in the supermarket with my mom and there would be like a like a teenage person who might just look at me twice and think, wait, <laughs> you know, like I've, yeah. I've heard that voice before. Um, so that was kind of nice. But yeah, I mean, it's really just been through like, you know, here and there I'd meet people who would tell me that, oh, yeah, I started listening to like this kind of music because I heard it on your show and apparently shazam was very popular at one point mm. as well um because a lot of the time i wouldn't say who i was playing <laughs> i'd just play it and they'd be like who is this um yeah so that was but i mean to the extent of 
you know, contributing to counterculture. I, I, don't, I don't really know about that. I feel like spinning unrested a lot more for that. Spinning unrest and also, uh, what was it? Lo local licks or local something? Was that local? Yeah, the music? local brew. The local brew, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it I don't know if Murad it was called did. that from the beginning, but Murad's show later yeah, on was yeah. a local brew. I don't know if it was always that. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I also got some not, not so flattering kind of feedback because I get, and there was one intern in particular that joined the ad agency I was at at the time. Um, and when she heard me speak for the first time, she looked at me like, you're Sam? <laughs> you're that Sam? Huh. Like, kind of like, and I was like, whoa, okay, geez. <laughs> We're good friends now, but, okay. you know. It worked out in the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else that you kind of would, I don't know, just came to mind while you were... I mean, one thing that came to mind was when uh, Damien was our programs manager, we were, us as RPs, because when I, again, I was still pretty new to Sri Lanka, so I, not having grown up here, I didn't have, like, friends or anyone. Mm. Um you meant to laugh at that. I was joking. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have friends, but it was... I mean, know. yeah, again, I also... I, had, I, have, I know that experience, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was so nice being in, like, that group because of, of RPs because we were all kind of the same age, um, except Damien, who was a bit older. <laughs> but he would, you know, we would have, like, these kind of... Like, every now and then, if it was someone's birthday, we'd all go out on the weekend and suddenly felt kind of normal. Mm. I think being involved in, like... TNL things really made me feel like, okay, so there is a place for me here. It's just that it's a niche bunch of weirdos that I fit in with. It's not necessarily like, you know, wider culture, which is fine. Hmm. I think it's fine to um, fit in with, with weirdos. I remember once, I think it was Bimali's birthday and one of our other, we were all going out clubbing and one of our, one of the other RPs, Chris, I think was her on air name. Mm -hmm. She, came to this club that we were at with a cake. I thought, oh, that's so nice. And she's like, I made it myself. And I was like, wow, you, that's really, really nice of you um, to have you know, made the cake and yeah. brought it to the club. <laughs> like it, it seemed strange to bring a cake. Um, it was only later on in the evening that I realized that it was a special cake, uh, okay. which I ate way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't remember many of our, many of our nights out, but yeah. So Damien was a great program head. Bimali was also fantastic. And it was, I think, after Bimali had left and stuff that um, I, I don't know who was kind of running it in the interim between her leaving and Dino joining. But I felt like the way that Bimali and uh, Damien had like focused on what should be on my show, that was really amazing what they did, like the kind of music and stuff. Even Bimali's now husband used to advise her, no, put this band and this band. And this band. <laughs> um, but then after that, we didn't, I didn't really have that kind of um, input on my show. So it would just be almost the same playlist every week, kind of, but in a different order. Uh, so then that was when I asked Boss, and I really didn't think that he would say yes, but I asked him, can I do my own playlist? And he just kind of looked at me like, what? Because <laughs> you know? that's just something that we just did not do mm. at that time. It was always a program manager. Um, but I had made like a whole proposal for him and stuff. And then he was just like, okay, God, okay, fine. You can make, do it. Um, so that gave me a lot more freedom and I was really happy doing that. I miss it a lot, actually. I mean, we're doing a different show on Sunday. So who knows, maybe slowly. No. Bring you back. No. Do you know why I stopped? <laughs> because as you age, 
it's harder to wake up in the morning the next day <laughs> and concentrate on work. Honestly, mm. like it was becoming after I after I passed like 33, I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm too old. I need to sleep for eight hours. <laughs> All right, but that there is yet another episode, the sixth and the final episode of uh, the TNL Rocks podcast. Sam, thank you so much for coming by. It's been great to see you again because um, we haven't hung out in a long time. Yeah. It's been some time. Um, but yeah, thanks again for coming by and sharing all the stories. Thanks for inviting me on. I had a good time, even though I was very nervous. <laughs> Everyone starts out and then it kind of yeah. goes well. But yeah, all of you, thank you so much for listening and when the videos are out for watching the podcast. Uh, this is the final episode of The Run. Uh, we don't know if there's going to be more. If you want for there to be more, let us know. Let's leave comments, like, share, all that stuff, you know, so we can show the metrics to the people upstairs or I guess next door technically and uh, tell them we want to do more uh, but yeah in general let us know what you thought of the podcast and thanks so much for listening to or watching the TNL Rocks podcast The TNL Rocks podcast a branded podcast from TNL Radio Network produced in partnership with Paradigm and hosted by Sean Hevagay our executive producer from Paradigm is Zeeshan Akram Jabir. Our executive producer from TNL Radio Network is Sean Hevage. And our show producer is Rajit Maligaspe, with production assistance from Randika Victor.